0: All right, well, it is my pleasure to introduce to you this morning somebody that you all know, our good friend Sandy Lofberg. And if you didn't know, I call Sandy Pastor Sandy. You can call her Reverend Sandy. She is an ordained four-square pastor. And um, she's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and has an awesome word. She's going to finish off our series this morning that we've been doing, um, The Thrill of Hope. And all throughout, you know, I asked her at the beginning of the month and all throughout this month, she was just saying, you know, um, it's this is everything that God is, it's leaning into everything that God has put on my heart. So I said, okay, well, it's part three then. <laughs> and so, would you welcome Pastor Sandy this morning? <laughs>
1: Good morning, it is so good to be here and to have both services. I got to see people that I haven't seen for a while and um, I'm just so excited. I love how when the worship confirms the word, that, that song we, that we sang, you are worthy of your name. I mean, that's the word that I'm gonna be bringing. And I wondered um, if any of you got any gifts over the last week? Did you leave them under the tree? Or did you maybe just pick them up and go, wow, this is wrapped so beautifully. Isn't that beautiful? Set it back down. Did anybody get some that had some assembly required? Or did you get something that you go, I have no clue what this is, it'll be on the shelf. That's how it is with the Lord and with the gifts that he gives us. Sometimes we just get fascinated with the packaging or we don't know how to receive or we don't know what to do with it. And so we just tuck it away. One of my requests for the worship team was, may we never lose our wonder. Because, you know, you think you know something and then he just bring some revelation. Um, Who's doing the slides? Okay, Xander, could you? I'm just gonna point to you, okay? So there is the Christmas gifts. We talked about that. Okay, this was so fun. When Sean first asked me about bringing the word, I I immediately thought of this very ancient, like 500 years B.C., I, thought, I did a little research, and I asked Pastor Derek, and he, he laughed, he said, I used that graphic on my message at Labor Day, well, we were out of town for Labor Day weekend, and so I just thought, well, this is just so fun, because here's these guys um, uh, there's lots of different variations, but these six guys that find this elephant if, is in ancient story. It's a it's a man who's riding an elephant, and he tells these blind guys, "Could you get out of the way? I'm trying to get my elephant through here." And they're like, "An elephant? We never saw an elephant." Well, duh, they're blind, but they've never experienced an elephant so they all approach the elephant at different parts and then this is what they think it's a fan it's a spear it's a snake it's a tree it's a wall it's a rope but none of them have the full revelation and they're only concerned about telling what they think they know without listening to anybody else's revelation and so that's what I want to talk about Because sometimes, what... (laughs) Okay. Are we open to experiencing, to exploring something different than what we already know or what we think we know? And sometimes it's through experiences. I had an alcoholic father that... um, (laughs) wasn't faithful as far as commitment. We, we never knew what was gonna happen. We Sometimes he was a happy drunk, sometimes he was a, a violent drunk, and we just never knew what was going on with that. My mother was emotionally distant. Even when I was writing these, this message, I asked my sister, I said, I'm, I'm, I don't know whether I've blocked it, or did mom ever say, I love you? She said, well, she said it in other ways than words. I thought, okay. (laughs) Then my memory and my filter is that's how it is. Um, We have our own filters based on um, our experiences. And like, I could use that filter of my experience with my father to put that on God, that God's not faithful, that you never know which way the wind's going to blow. And so we, we have these filters. We also have teachings that we've experienced from um, Bible teachers, those, those who are in the know. So they must be right. I mean, they've got a title, you know, and they've got a big church or they're on TV. They must be right. <laughs> Sometimes it's just uh, in a culture You know, having access to the internet, having access to other um, views, having access to even other cultures. You know, if you've ever been in a a country, I know Jane's been in Afghanistan, and it's locked down. You you find out what they want you to find out. You know, and we, we are blessed to live in a country so far that we have pretty much access um to truth and for um pretty much uh, it's getting more of a struggle to find out what the truth is but um the weatherman is usually fairly consistent um and then our family and friends do you hang out with just people that believe like you do or do you have people that are kind of a little sideways from where where you're coming from that's Great conversation, great opportunities to understand what do you believe and why do you believe it. So the first experience that I had, Xander? Was with creator God, Elohim. And Elohim, for those of you um, who um, don't know Hebrew, if it's got an I-M, at the end of the word, that's plural. So Elohim, God, was plural. The Christian God, who's the only God, but is plural and always was in relationship. The Buddha, Allah, the, even um, Shiva, that's a Hindu God, they're all one and they're not in relationship. God was three in one, already in relationship. And I always kind of just thought of them as in a line, but um, in John 1, when it says the word was God and the word was with God, that word with is face to face. They were in a circle, face to face. So they were all, he already, loved relationship and he formed formed it from nothing there's a a, no i don't no don't go off into all my little stories okay (laughs) from creation of the world the invisible qualities of god's nature have been made visible such as his eternal power and transcendence he has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. For seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. I grew up in Omaha, big city, but my grandparents had a farm. And we'd get out on the farm, and I'd lay out in the feed trough. And there are so many more stars in Kansas. You know, you just, and, and I would just lay out there and look at the vastness of the galaxies and just I just knew there was something bigger than me. There was something bigger than all of us. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who it was. But I just knew that it was there. Okay, now I am going to try this. Speaking of gifts, if I get really close. Well, that'll be two of them. That's okay. So Because the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. So... I'm going to use these little visual aids that get brighter and brighter. Okay. Okay. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on him. That's a promise from the word. So if you know people that are walking in darkness, just pray for the light. But You know, there's no power of light it's just the, ab- or ab- no power of darkness, it's just the absence of, da- of light. There's no speed of dark. It's just the absence of light. And light always dispels the darkness. So I started to um, uh, look for the light, because now I knew that there's something out there. And I tried Baha'i and Buddhism and Judaism, and it was the 60s, folks. I tried enlightenment, Um, just searching somewhere, knowing that it's out there. Okay. But, um, okay. Jesus said that I am the light to the world and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light and they will never walk in darkness. But I didn't know how to experience the life-giving light. But the light of God's love shines within us let's see the light of the truth was about to come into the world and shine on everyone he doesn't just shine on a few he shines on everybody it's just recognizing and understanding um the um light um and that the world through him whoops so i think just go again these are all great scriptures oh go back Okay, he called us out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. He called us out of darkness. The thing is, he promised that when we are looking and we are seeking, we will find him. He just keeps putting little um, stones along the path, going this way, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yep, yep, no, 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 come back over here. Yep, good. But the, un- the un- understanding that I had based on family and friends and those that I was with was that God was holy and I was not. And I wasn't quite sure what to do about that. So, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Now, a mediator is someone who stands between. You know, you need um, arbitration or mediation. A mediator is one who stands between. And then, my true hero comes to my rescue, for the Lord alone is my Savior. What a feast of favor and bliss he gives to, my, um, to his people. Um, he came to rescue us. Well, see, when I started thinking about rescue, I thought, okay, I need a rescuer from the holy God, the wrathful God. Well, in, I know some of you might not believe this, but I used to be a very liberal person. Um, And I was even a member of a group called the Liberal Religious Youth. Um, We were very youthful and very liberal and kind of had some whacked out religious ideas, but um, we, we went to lots of different experiences, because they want, I was raised as a Unitarian, and about 30% of the Unitarians uh, that surveyed believe that there's even a higher power. So it, it's a very humanistic, pull ourselves up, um, it's very philosophical, Um, interesting way to grow up but it kept me pretty open to options so one of our field trips we went to a Billy Graham crusade well so then I found out that Jesus would protect me from the wrath of God all I had to do was walk down to the stage in front of thousands of people (laughs) <laughs> I was a 14 in junior high, and there's no way I'm going to leave my group and walk down there. But now I understood that somehow Jesus and God were connected. So I started reading my Bible as they encouraged us at that crusade. My, I didn't have a Bible, but my mom, when she got married, somebody had given her a little King James Bible with her a new married name engraved on it. I thought that was so cool. So I'm reading about this God that I'm finally beginning to understand a little bit about. And you know what? If you messed up, not only were you killed, your family, who had nothing to do with yours. In and your animals were all killed. I started reconsidering do I want a relationship? Because I already, you know, if you've ever tried um, even dieting, you know, you're trying, you're doing your best, but you fail. And so when you're living and you're doing your best, but you fail then what is God going to do? The most holy God seated on the throne of heaven who watches over all the earth, over all the universe. What are you going to do? You're going to try to hide. That was my, my choice. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I am a, that was right. I'm a righteous I am a righteous God and a savior. There is no one who compare to you. He's a righteous God, but he's also our savior. (sighs) It's just things to consider. (laughs) Okay, whenever you see those thrill of hope ones, if I'm not just talking, telling stories, just keep going. Okay. so I wandered around a little bit, um, half heartedly, still kind of on a religious quest. John and I were married in a Unitarian church. Um, and um, we, my, I remember my mom telling me, you're gonna find out things after you're married that you didn't know when you were dating. And I remembered the first morning of our marriage, I woke up and he's sitting on the end of the bed eating cold pizza and watching Georgia the Jungle. <laughs> cold pizza? Cold pizza? Who eats cold pizza? My husband of 52 years. Yeah, we're still together. He still eats cold pizza. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> but we... we. Um, He he was in the Air Force, so we were in the Air Force, and he got an assignment uh, for England. And uh, he went to England about six months before Barbara and I did. That's our um, oldest daughter. And uh, he um, was in a dorm with the single guys, living a single lifestyle, and partying on the weekends. And so when we came, we just got into that same Uh, lifestyle that's that same um, activity pattern and but I met some real fun people uh, in that partying on Fridays and Saturdays um, and they were from the chapel so I thought you know hey this will be kind of cool in my uh, spiritual um, journey we will um, find out um, what's going on at the uh, chapel yeah well, I got involved with the choir, and a lot of them were wife-swapping. It was the 70s by then, you know, and I'm um, uh, trying to get at that uh, sideways. Um, and then we got involved with the youth group because, you know, when you are fresh meat, <laughs> oh, hey, we really need some youth um, leaders. Would you guys be youth leaders? Do you want to hear our testimony? No, we just, I, they didn't say that. I, we wouldn't have said that because I didn't know what a testimony was at that point. So they just said, no, we really need you. And so would you do this? And so we're like, yeah. So we found some activity books and levitation with junior hires is a really cool activity. We were beyond clueless. <laughs> but that's where, so there I had this spiritual influence and somebody asked me one time, well, so what are you? And I said, I'm a Christian. This is after I became a believer well I mean like what are you are you a Methodist you're a Presbyterian are you a Baptist what are you I said well uh I'm in the military chapel and well so what are your past what and I said well let's see we've got African Methodist up as a couple we've got method um we've got Baptist and Presbyterian we've got Lutheran and Christian science You know, it's really kind of wild. The Christian Scientist was the one that always made sure our glow meetings were in the bulletin. He found out from the Assembly of God missionary that he thought that 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 chaplain was um, was really a believer. So, anyway, a group of Jesus people from California came, and um, uh, there was just something about them they just radiated this love. And I was like, "Wow, you guys, they'd been in enlightenment too, you know? And um, so I could relate with them. When you go to a group and their big sin that they're confessing is that they didn't finish all their Bible chapters that week, or they didn't memorize the scriptures that they were supposed to, some of us can't relate. (laughs) So I could relate to some of these Jesus people. Um, And a gal that I just kind of casually knew was off in the um, hallway getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And she was just radiant. And she started speaking in tongues. And our choir director said, now that is the devil. And you better stay away from people like that. God uses that to split churches. You better stay away. And I said, but she looked so happy. And she said, he comes as an angel of light. So you better watch who you hang with. Okay. <laughs> what, see what I'm talking about with you? You know, well, you think you've got this, and you think that that's what God's like. Well, I got this, and this is what I think God's like. And so can we put these pieces together? Yeah. So... Um, when we returned from England, by I on repairer of the breach? Just find repairer of the breach, okay? Uh, when we came back from England, John left and went to, uh, went to school in Denver, and I went to Omaha. And Jehovah's Witnesses were so kind. They came to my house. They didn't say, you come to our church, and you pay for babysitting because we don't have anything for kids, and so you come to our church. But Jehovah's Witnesses came to my house, so I didn't have to go anywhere, and it was so cool, except for the Word of God is alive, and the Word of God is true, and the Word of God will reveal God if you are diligently seeking. And guess what? First, they they started telling me not to wear my cross. I got that cross for perfect attendance at choir practice. (laughs) Now, it didn't matter that the reason I got perfect attendance at choir practice is because it was two first night at the club, and the chapel would pay for nursery until seven, and so we'd usually get out at 6.30, so we could stop by for a quick shot at the bar before, so. That's why I was getting perfect attendance. But hey, I still got it. And they said that I shouldn't wear it. I thought, what kind of Christians are you? You don't wear a cross. That's really important. I think a lot of Christians wear crosses. No, 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 you shouldn't do it. Well, then when it was time for Christmas and I started getting out the Christmas stuff, that was another infraction with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I said, I don't, you know, this is just not working for me. <laughs> and, you know, I've already found several other things that are not working for me, so now this is not working for me. And um, anyway, John had come home for my sister's wedding and he decided he wanted a divorce. Now it was right around our sixth wedding anniversary, which just because just I love number six is the number of man. Um, and I prayed, and I prayed to the he, she, God, to Jehovah, to Jesus, to the universal life force, to the supreme being. I know you're out there. I don't know who you are, but my life is a mess, and only, only you can do it. <laughs> only you can do it. So we sat down and started talking about it, and because Jesus is a repairer of the breach, We decided that we would go to our new assignment together and we would give our marriage one year to see what happened. So um, we got to Mountain Home Air Force Base and I went to choir practice. (laughs) That's what I do. Um, And the choir director was just like those Jesus people. And she just oozed Jesus. And She was holding a Bible study on conversational relationship with God. I thought, how? The the other one was in the book of Romans. Those were my two options. But I wanted to be with the who's in Jesus lady. I just wanted to be around her because she she just was love personified, you know? And so um, the next week, this is what's called a God setup. The next week the Bible study was being held in the B part of our duplex. We lived in the A. It was being in the B. <laughs> I didn't have to get a car. Didn't have to get childcare. I <laughs> mean, go next door. And when um, we, uh, we were studying that day about forgiveness, and she passed out these little strips of paper with scriptures on them, I am so grateful. I don't know what would have happened had I just been told, look up 1 John 1, 9. No, don't look at, I just was big. If, if somebody had told me to do that, the only Bible verse I knew was 1 Peter 5:8, which that should have been a warning. I went to vacation Bible school when I was in fourth grade and learned, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Lord was trying to tell me then be sober. <laughs> Be diligent. But see, because he knew then what was going to come. So he's trying to tell me. And I knew John 3.16 from it being held up behind the goalpost. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it was important. That was my Bible knowledge. And here's First John, didn't know that there was little books of John, just big John, and I would have read John 1, 9. Would have been wrong. I would have been humiliated, but here it was all written out. And so I, I want to encourage you, when you are, are working with a, a babe, don't try to impress them with feeding them meat. They're going to gag on it. Just give them milk. Help them find things in the Word of God. This is in my Notes are on a slide, but the very first prophetic word I ever received was about the anointing of Ezekiel. And uh, that I walked in the anointing of Ezekiel, and no forehead would come my forehead, and the anointing of Ezekiel. And I just go, I don't know who Ezekiel is. I don't know what an anointing is. The only thing I got out of this is that I know what a forehead is. <laughs> and I didn't bring up my water. My lips are sticking. So, <laughs> anyway. Yes, I asked. They just told me to read Ezekiel. Thank you, Royce. You good servant of God. Godly man, thank you. Um, anyway, so uh, even when I, when I um, read this, okay, now we're on Lamb of God. What, Lamb of God? Okay. To do. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. Okay, that's okay. It's, we're going by twos. Um, now, there's there's several of these because I found out all you have to do is confess. Confess just means agreeing with God against yourself. You're going to agree with God. Yeah, I did it. Don't, don't say, well, it was the way I was potty trained or is it, somebody hurt my feelings a long time ago and so that's why I'm you know it's just confess just agree own your stuff and then he only after that does then he cleanses you and he cleanses you from all your sin and they were all oh, god is just so good try not to sing it um praise be to the lamb because you were slaughtered for us and you were worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God out of every tribe and language and people, group, and nation. Well, kind of we did this morning a little bit about you're worthy, but Yeshua's blood paid To redeem us and to bring us to God. I think there's another Lamb of God one. There is isn't another Lamb of God one. But, okay, that's okay. So, I, I was so excited. All you have to do is to confess, admit you're wrong. Confess your sin. And he cleanses you and he takes it from you. And that's it. It's, it's so simple, so very simple, that only a child could do it. I'm so excited. John comes home for lunch, because he's got the car, and I said, I just found something amazing. It's so amazing, did you know? All you have to do is confess your sin, just admit that you were wrong, and God forgives you and God cleanses you. And he said, Everybody knows that. He was raised Lutheran. I said, Honey, not everybody knows that. So, Anyway, now I'm on a roll. No wonder I'm going two by two. I'm going to just light up a couple more of these. (laughs) Whoops, not that one yet. Okay. Um, So then I found out about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And um, I had had chronic asthma and allergies. And um, John took me to the ER many times to get epinephrine shot, which I found out is a is a um, hormone that your body naturally produces when you um, laugh or sing. And I was going to the hospital to get some of that because um, I needed it because I was having asthma attacks. So I was premedicated, no reason to have an asthma attack, and started having an asthma attack, and uh, got healed. I was so shocked. Because they asked me, Do I be- did I believe that God could heal me? I'm, I, if you've had any conversations with me, I'm really picky about words. Okay, thank you, David. <laughs> so, God good, could heal me is different than God would heal me. So, could he? hmm Yep, he could. Would he? That was another surprise, but I did get healed. Mm-hmm. Got held of skin cancer um, my knees, um, our daughter um, had um, an eye that wasn 't quite functioning according to um, the plan of god and um, so she was getting stronger and stronger and stronger glasses and we went back to England and the ophthalmologist did a an entry exam and said, Why hasn't this child been in treatment this was this was um diagnosed when she was three years old. Now she's eight. She said, I can't help you. She's legally blind in that eye. I said, you don't have to do, just do what you would do if it was five years ago. We did what the eye doctor told us. We didn't ask him, are you an ophthalmologist, or an optometrist? He just kept giving us stronger and stronger lenses. So, we had to forgive that doctor. And then as it turned out, he had been stationed, and he was now under her. She was the major, and he was a captain, and she said, I will make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else. Now, that that eye test that was 2021-20 slash 2100, that was the vision. Um, that was done in November. In April, the Lord... Um, The the same ophthalmologist did the test. It was to 2,600. She said, if I had not done that test in November, I would have told you this test. That test was wrong. They were off. Because you can't have had that amount of healing in this amount of time. When, jo- I, oh, I've got so many healing testimonies, but my time is running out. But it, and, and even the, I wasn't sure whether Alex would fall under miracle worker or healing, but you know, hey, that's just, he does. And he is willing, He, of course I am willing to heal you. Now you will be healed. Of course he's willing. We don't have to ask, are you willing? Because he is willing. Because it's who we are. We are His children, and as Patricia testified this morning, He wants to do good things for us. He, okay, in His wounding we found our healing. And I'm gonna keep going. Now, baptize her the Holy Spirit. That's one of the four squares in four square. Um, they had already received the Holy Spirit was in them. Now the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them and really give them the power to live the life because guess, guess what? We can't do it under our own power. And guess what? So then when they prayed for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, this language comes up out of me and I'm just praising God and I can hardly form words and it's just coming out of me and I thought, this is the devil. And I thought, this is not the devil. <laughs> this is God, which is really weird because it was a, well, anyway, this, this denomination choir director also could have said it's the devil, but she didn't. She was a spirit-filled um, person that said, have at it. Just receive what all that God has given you. Okay, then Jehovah Jireh. I think I should light up another light because this was one of those. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) I have um, (laughs) so many testimonies of God providing for me. I have designer clothes that were given to me. I have been to Israel 20 times and I've paid for it three and given away four free trips. Our housing, I mean, uh, it, it, he is amazing. And he is, the, uh, Ephesians 3.20, it's not in there, it's just in here. It's, he's above and beyond what you could ask or think. And just flip through some of these about Jehovah Jireh. Um, oh, this, this one. I don't know how many of you remember a song we used to sing in the 80s. It was a great season for memorizing scripture. Because it's right brain activity not left brain, and so when you're singing, it's easier to memorize, and so, my God shall supply all, we used to say, I heard somebody, my needs, not what the word says, my God shall supply all your needs, because you have given, you're gonna reap, and God's gonna supply your needs quick testimony. I know I'm running out of time. Quick testimony. So I'm in 1983. Um, we're in England. Um, uh, Ivarna Tompkins and Jack Hayford are going to be the speakers at the 1983 Aglow International Convention. It's in Washington, D.C. I live in England. We were already saving every penny or halfpenny to go to Israel that year, and there was no money to save, you know? It's like, no more home and, and I was like, oh, I really would like to do that. I don't have any way to do that. Well, I met this gal on a Friday who'd just been stationed to, to uh, wherever we were in England, and um, she said, so are you going to the Aglow Conference? And I said, well, if God provides. <laughs> that was my way of saying, no way fat chance <laughs> but if god provides she started laughing she said well i sold a jeep for a thousand dollars more than i paid for it and the lord said if i give that money to somebody in england that he will take care of me and so tomorrow we'll go down as this was in 83 tomorrow we'll go down and get your airfare and the rest of it is for your hotel and other expenses and then the Lord took care of her. He sent her to a, on a temporary duty assignment to a place where her friend lived, but they still paid her per diem and she stayed with her friend. And then she got a hop directly from Hall to Dover for, for 10 bucks. And, you know, it's just, he is, he's got resources you know not of. That's all I can say. Uh, uh, okay, keep going. Go down to He's our friend. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he called the friend of God. God is not some, he's not like the Wizard of Oz, you know, out there big and powerful, and you're down here. He wants to be your friend. He is trusted. Abraham could believe God because he could trust God. And, and God, um, God wants to be your friend, show you that he can be trusted, show you that he reveals things from the Father. He's someone who listens to you, who gets you. you know, I've had friends that didn't get me at all. Imagine that. But um, I've had friends that get me. and they are friends that stick closer than a brother Um, and he he brought us so many friends joking I think anyway I mean he brought us really close friends when we lived in England that that we're still in in, um, relationship with Um, okay oh this is one of my favorite scriptures Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He is the way to come to the Father. Okay, that, that is, the, is the way. He's the way through the darkness, and then he's also the truth, and the truth sets you free. If, if you embrace the truth, if we embrace the truth, it will release us more freedom into our lives. I did not know about Christians and demons, but guess what? Christians can have demonic influence, especially if they've been into horoscopes and stuff. I mean, I almost divorced this guy because he wasn't a Sagittarius. Because it was, you know, that was in my journey. We're all in a journey. Um, And so, when I found out that I needed some freedom in my life and so I had to embrace some truth and embrace some power and and then it was the life he's also the life life came into being because of him for his life is light for all humanity his light is life for all of us then Um, life I've been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life that I live it should be number 44 anyway I've been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life that I live I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It's not my life anymore. Guess what? I died. I know it's kind of weird to see me, but I died. And the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. And it's his life. And when I, I've met people that knew me back in my days when I was very fearful and um, different than I am now. Let's just say that. They said, wow, God must have done a good work. You're talking in front of people? I said, yeah. Because God, God has set me free from all of that. And um, he's a waymaker." Did we get to the Galatians? Okay, good. Go to waymaker, Because he's a way maker. And I have said it several times. We have been in a Red Sea moment a lot of times this year where, you know, the enemy's coming this way. There's no way to go out this way. and It looks like there's no way out, but God has not played his last cards. So um, the Midianites, when they are all all surrounded, and here's Gideon, and he's hiding out, and, and um, he, he happens to hear about the Midianites' fear of the Israelites because of their God. Anyway, I just love all these stories. And real quick, how much time do I really have? I set myself forty five minutes, but I, you I want to submit to thirty seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> Okay, read all about it. Get your word and read all about it. <laughs> okay, Megan, reset the clock for five more. Oh, hey, I, I remember, I don't know where I was. Who will give me five more minutes? Okay, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. Yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, but I have a really cool story about when we first moved to Rapid City. Um, I could, oh, there's Sandra. Sandra and I have a great testimony. We were both in England, and I was preaching at the base where she was, and I said, We have orders, hard copy orders, in our hands to go to Abilene, Texas but the Lord told us that we're going to Rapid City to Ellsworth Air Force Base, and so she was going to Ellsworth, and I said, I will see you there. I know it looks like we're going to, El- we're going to Texas, but that's the Air Force, that they don't know that we're going to um, um, Ellsworth, and our orders got changed before they loaded our furniture. Our furniture was already packed in boxes, and we get this call, hold the phone, don't load it. Change of orders, they're going to Ellsworth. We get to Ellsworth and we um, can't find a place to rent for what we could make a house payment on. And so we um, end up going to this property and it's um, in foreclosure. It's under HUD. The wallpaper is falling down. The weeds are this high. The paint is falling off the house. And I went, It's for us. (laughs) It's one of those you have to see it in the spirit. But we couldn't, we we had paperwork that was in our household goods that we needed for the loan. And they said, no, you can't have that without this. And I said, Well, we can't take this until we have that. Anyway, they said, Well, then it's impossible. And I remember John telling them, Oh, don't tell her. It's impossible. It's like no, she just revved it up again. <laughs> no. No, those she just put it in overdrive. Um, and guess what? We got the house. It was I don't have time to go into all the miracles, but God is a waymaker and he, um, going on flights to England. I mean, it's just so many things. We'll just go on miracle worker. I remember, I mean, this was, because this wasn't a healing, this was a miracle. Um, John was getting ready to go to school someplace down south. And um, then he said, well, you have to make sure you change the oil. I'll show you how to do it. And um, so I'm, we're cleaning off the block and there is a crack in the block. I could put my fingernail in it. And... um, that's not good news when your husband's leaving for six weeks and you have two kids. It's not good good news anytime. But anyway, our prayer group prayed and went out the next morning to put some oil in the car and have a mechanic look at it. No crack. He's a miracle worker. Okay, boom, boom. Just go down to Lover of My Soul. There's some great, we'll go, there we go. All day long, God's promises of love pour over me. Through the night, I sing his songs, for my prayer to God has become my life. Probably the most important thing that I need you to understand about God is that he is the lover of your soul. May God move your hearts into greater understanding of his pure love for you and into Christ's steadfast endurance. That's Thessalonians. Did you go to that one? It's Second Thessalonians 3, 5. There you go. And those who are loved by God let his love continually pour forth from you because God's is love and everyone who's loved, who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God. If you've ever met somebody who's just constantly contrary, constantly discouraged, don't, don't reject them. Don't get annoyed with them. Just understand they don't, there's something missing of their understanding of God's love for them. And you are that light. Okay, the light has come. Now what? What are you going to do with the light that you've been given? Because we've all been given a measure of light even if we haven't come to the place where we understand that Jesus has forgiven us and restored us and cleansed us, we all have a measure of light. What are you gonna do with that? And then explore and learn and share and be open and be fascinated. I was just sharing with a friend a couple of weeks ago and we had a common experience and I went, see, I need to know uh, that other people have had these kind of weird things, you know, that have happened in your ex- experience with the Lord because it really does encourage um, others to be open and to be fascinated. That song may We Never Lose Our Wonder. I requested that because I don't, We'll keep going. Tight. I, I couldn't find my picture of my daughter that was fascinated with lights, but I found this on Sean's Facebook page, and it's like, never lose our wonder of God. And lastly, be thrilled with the adventure, finding out more about His goodness about his love, about his power, about his, you fill in your own blank. Thanks for listening. May you never lose your wonder. We didn't talk about who's closing in doing that part, the dairy I'm good. part, you going did the dairy part. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. Uh, one thing that she didn't mention and I, I'm sorry if I embarrass you or upset you but I'm going to say it anyway um, <laughs> that she had a stroke this past week <laughs> she she forgot to mention that part so she had a <laughs> she had a stroke this last week and lost use of her arm and was in the hospital and um, you know we were of course praying for her and the, the church body was praying for her and and, but one of the things was I was thinking well, you know who are we going to get to preach on Sunday you know so is it going to be Sean or me or do we need to figure something else out and talk to Sandy and she's like no I'll be there I'm going to be there and <laughs> she said she said because it was her arm not her mouth that got affected so. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, talk about miracles, talk about healing, you know, and this lady, you know, I've known her for years and years, and she is faithful, she is loving, she is honest, as you found out this morning, if you didn't know. <laughs> she um, loves the Lord, and, you know, she the, the words that she's given you this morning, I hope that you really think about and pray about and, and mull over and take it to heart, because it was all good. It was all good. And there was there was some milk and there was some meat and there was you know just a whole plethora of of things for us to to think about and dwell upon. The Lord's love for us, his goodness to us. And like I said earlier, you know, if you don't feel him, he's there. If you don't see him, he's still there. He is there with you in the good and the bad walking with you through it all. And he is a healer and he is a way maker and he loves you desperately. Each and every one of us, he loves you and wants good for you. So can we just thank her one more time, Sandy? Pastor Derek is going to come up and just close us out. Thank you so much for your for your attention, for your um, for your love and your spirit here supporting Sandy, supporting this church, and and supporting Pastor Derek as he comes up and just shares his heart with you.
2: Thank you, Pastor Deanna. I just want to share a quick story with you guys. Um, last Tuesday, my family, um, my my wife and my kids and I. Uh, took a bath in sanitizer and went to my mom's house. And if you don't know, uh, my mom uh, takes care of two of my adult sisters that have uh, special needs. And they're in the, like like one of them's on dialysis. So if she gets COVID, it's like a one in four deal. And so we swam in the stuff and we went to see mom because mom hasn't gotten to see her grandkids all year. So while we're there, we're doing Christmas, we're giving, we're, we're doing the present exchange thing. And uh, at this point, the kids are on their knees in front of two boxes, uh, two, two packages that are wrapped in different paper, but they're the same size, and they don't know what they're looking at. Now, let's back up about a month. Xander and Errol are on a live stream with Grandma Ellen, and Grandma asks, Xander, what do you want for Christmas? And Xander, not having a list in front of him and being in the middle of other things, just says, oh, I don't know, maybe some candy. And before this conversation gets finished, before Errol gets her turn with Grandma, they get in a fight. I'm like, sorry guys, say goodbye to Grandma, you're going to bed, it's over. You can talk to Grandma when you're not fighting. And I found out later that my daughter was horrified and incredibly saddened by this, not because she didn't get to speak to grandma, but because she didn't get to tell grandma what she wanted for Christmas. And she was panicking, because she's like, I'm probably just gonna get candy now, because that's what Xander said, and he didn't know that I wanted, (laughs) I didn't get to tell grandma that I wanted a a hoverboard. And uh, so back to Christmas day, and they're on their knees in front of these packages, and at the same time, in tandem, they rip them open, and they both got a hoverboard. And my daughter screamed like I've never heard her scream in her life. (laughs) Because grandma knew. Grandma Ellen knew what she wanted. And while Xander hadn't thought about it, and this wasn't on his list, he got something he didn't even know he wanted why is this important to us? Some of you already know, you're already there, that's fine, fantastic, wonderful, because we're gonna, we're gonna push through this. But I came to a realization about two years ago at youth, in the middle of youth, we were talking about uh, presents in Christmas time and, and we, we go over and over every year with our children, especially how it's not about the presents, it's not about the presents, it's about what you give to others, it's about the spirit of giving to others. And that's not wrong, but it's wrong, because it's all about the presence. Because after 500 years of silence, four or 500 years of Israel not hearing from God, four or 500 years of them living in in, uh, uh, exile and, and torn up and broken as a community, they were looking for their answer. They were looking for their salvation. They were looking for their savior. And he showed up. And all that anticipation that my kids were feeling as they were on their knees in front of those boxes, every, every ounce of like wonder, what is this? What's coming? And my daughter opening it up and finding the desire of her heart on the inside and my son opening it and finding that he got something he didn't even know he wanted. It's all about the presence. Because when Jesus came, some people were looking for him and it was exactly what they wanted. He was exactly who they needed. He was exactly what they were looking for. And for some of them, they were expecting something else, but Jesus came and they were like, we didn't know you were what we needed. And the joy in the screaming over finding Jesus, the excitement over finding Jesus, whether we knew we needed him or, or whether we're surprised by the revelation. That's what the presence part of Christmas is about it's reminding us what it is to be excited about Jesus coming and being with us and spending time with us so maybe you're here today and and you've been listening to uh you were listening through worship, uh, maybe you're online or, or in-house, and you were listening through worship and all the things that God was talking about through uh, about, about uh, making a way and, and healing and, and miracles and Alex. I was in the office when Sean got back from getting hugged by Alex. You could not smack the smile off that guy's face. And I was like, he did what? Like he was supposed to be dead. The smartest people we have said, Alex is gonna be dead and God was like, nah. I'm gonna play a different game. So maybe you're here and you listen to all of that. Maybe, maybe you listen to, to what Sandy was saying about her journey from uh, not understanding God to not understanding him a little less. <laughs> Getting to know God over time. You know, we've been talking a lot over, the, over this last year about how, how uh, salvation is sometimes a journey. And Sandy shared, shared part of her journey with us this morning, how, how she grew up in, in one way of thinking and how that, that thinking changed as she encountered Jesus a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. He changed the way she thought. She changed the way that she believed. She's changed the way that she interacts with him. She's cha- he's changed the way that she interacts with you. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you just heard about my children. And something rang true about that expectancy. And and there's something in your life you've been looking for. You've been looking for something to get excited about. You've been looking for for salvation. You've been looking for something to make your life better. You're standing in this world and you're saying, my way isn't good enough. This is not working out for me. There's got to be a better way. Guess what? Jesus is a better way. So if you're here this morning and, and you've never uh, considered yourself a Christian, you've never uh, considered yourself on a journey with him, well, the fact that we're having this conversation means you're already on that journey. And here in a few minutes, I wanna give you some words to kind of help align your heart and and your mind with where your spirit's going. And maybe you're here today and life has kind of been off track. Well, Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving in the most true of ways. He has new grace for you every morning. His love for you hasn't changed. And because he came and because he lived as a human, he understands our process and he understands that it takes time. And he understands that sometimes that narrow path, we can't walk it. Sometimes we're not capable, but he's always there with his his grace and his mercy and his guiding hand to bring us back to his way. And if you're here this morning and and you're you're hearing this and, and something in your heart is just saying, I need to get back to where God wants me to be. I would like to give you uh, something to say as well. So, if you're in either of those two groups, I would ask you to pray this after me. Jesus, Jesus. thank you for coming you. to live with, us.
0: live with us.
2: Thank you for dying for me. Thank
0: you for dying for me.
2: Thank you for bringing me back, thank you for bringing me back. to life with, you. life with you. Jesus, Jesus, help me to live, help me to live. expecting. Expecting your, goodness, expecting your goodness, your patience, your, patience. your love, your, love. Your, guidance in my life. your guidance in my life. Jesus, help me to follow you. Jesus, help me to follow you. In your name, your name. amen.